All right, everybody, welcome to another great episode here, the Montana Biz Vlog. You got my main man, Brad Oldhouse, and Joel Silverman here as the host, the co-host. We decided to do a special episode. Um, we are smack dab in the middle of COVID. Uh, as many of you know, I ended up getting the flu that turned to pneumonia, and that knocked me on my butt for the better part of three weeks. Uh, we were hoping to shoot this three weeks ago. Uh, we wanted to do this special session uh, about business and the COVID era because we have watched the changes happen in our businesses and we're watching it happen for other people and it's almost like they're rolling over, mm. right? With the closing, they're, it's almost as if they're giving up. They're not getting creative. So I, I said, Brad, why don't, why don't we talk to people about our businesses a little bit? How are we handling it, right? You're, you are the social media guy, right? And so it's, it, that is what you do. You tell stories through video. Right. And so, so tell, us, tell us about social flicks. Tell us, because then you also have Phone Films University. Right. Uh, you, so you've got two businesses going. You're learning a ton about balancing multiple businesses at the same time. <laughs> and uh, but the world the world hit you pretty hard, mm. and and you know we were having a great conversation about it. So I I, I want to get there. I, sure. You can tell I'm already wanting to jump ahead. Oh yeah, yeah. But I'm like, I, I think it would help people to understand what our two businesses are. Right. Right. So so tell us about uh, Social Flicks and PFU. Yeah. Thank you once again for having me. Yeah. Thanks everybody for watching. So um, so what Social Flicks is? I'll, I'll start with Social Flicks first. Um, it, we make videos for people, so um, that's our tagline. Uh, it's pretty, pretty short and sweet, to the point. We make videos, um, and what uh, I believe it was an interview with uh, Jeff Wadecamper, which by now, if you're watching this, you've already seen the Jeff Wadecamper episode. If you haven't, go watch it. I'm telling you, it's gold. Um, <laughs> you guys talked about knowing where uh, your customer, where your clients are getting the money to pay you, right? Yeah. I think you mentioned this with Jim Toth as well, uh, but you got a little bit deeper into it with Way to Camper. But either way, my understanding is, is for our clients at Social Flicks, they pay for our services through the marketing dollars that they have and that they earmark. Mm -hmm. So what I've seen, uh, you know, since probably just days before Stay at Home uh, mm -hmm. was put in place here in Montana, um, that marketing spend drying up very, very quickly. Um, and with probably good reason. I mean, many of my clients are breweries mm -hmm. and um, you know, when they're having to lay off their staff, mm -hmm. they're not spending money on marketing necessarily being in that mindset. Yeah. Um, so if my clients aren't spending their marketing dollars and they're not working with me, that suddenly mm -hmm. brings my time yeah. to to a standstill in terms of social flex. Bringing into uh, that lack of balance that Joel uh, mentioned earlier that I told him about <laughs> previously off camera uh, is Phone Films University. And uh, on, honestly, the pause between not shooting for my clients, uh, my normal monthly clients, uh, gave me an opportunity to really lean in full with Phone Films University. And it's basically an online course that teaches realtors how to take awesome videos with their phones mm -hmm. 
many brokerages, especially since the COVID-19 and the stay-at-home, uh, are asking their agents to get more in, um, um, intentional with their marketing mm -hmm. in terms of how they market their properties. So uh, not being able to hire a videographer was one thing that was overcome by you know, taking my course. So getting to talk to more realtors and brokers and doing Zoom calls and you know, doing my short presentations, I got to see some sales of my course. Uh, and of course that opened up being able to do some customer service, right? You know, talking with my students, you know, addressing any needs that they have there as well. Uh, but we, we talk about just the, what I do in those two businesses and how it affects COVID or how the COVID-19 has affected everything. That's really where I'm living right now is um, trying to get out in front of more agents and, and more brokers yeah. via a, you know, a Zoom call or a Zoom conference. Um, and on the social flick side, you know, uh, trying to figure out creative ways that we can still do video work for them, mm -hmm. uh, even if they can't um, have me in their building in person or, or be mm -hmm. there in person. So that's where I'm at right now. Well, and, and so a lot of you know that I'm a lawyer. Uh, and so our office does a lot of estate planning, business matters. Um, we do a lot of transactional work and it, it it's very interesting to see what's happening right now, right? You, so you, you gave us a little taste of what's happening in your world. So for us, COVID literally slammed on the brakes overnight. Mm. We went from an average week for us was 14 new clients. For our firm and, and we have offices in bozeman and right. helena right so we literally and, and we average about 130 new calls a month new potential clients and so we went from that about 40 calls 30 to 40 calls a week new potential clients converting about 14 a week into clients we went to two mm overnight like literally the next week after the shutdown two right we had six calls for an entire week i mean it it, it was a gut punch all of a sudden you know real estate transactions are in question people are backing out of deals we had mm. a client buying a bar restaurant and they were on the verge of closing the deal like they were going to close it the next week they backed out because of COVID. It, we, it, we have clients closing, <clears throat> excuse me, closing down and, and we're like, oh man. So, and then we talk with other attorneys are seeing the same thing. Clients that uh, are just, they aren't calling. They're, everybody's locked up at home. Um, so, and I've, so I've got that side of the world. I also do executive coaching. Mm -hmm that stopped literally just boom mm. and and so it was crazy to see that happen but i know why it happened right it happened because people got scared mm. they needed to to batten down the hatches right like it was smart they had to cut spending and and so that was good that they did that i totally got it was it smart in the end, I don't think so. 
you know, um, I, I, you know, we, we said we're going to cover three things, right? We're, we're going to start with what are our businesses? Right. Uh, what, uh, how, how did COVID affect us? And I want to hear more about how it's affected your clients, right? Mm. Cause you sell business to business, right? I'm selling business to business and business to customer. Right. So I've got both B2B and B2C. For our business to customer, that came, started coming back very quickly. The business to business hasn't. Mm. And the transactional work hasn't come back, right? The uh, executive coaching not coming back yet. Uh, I've got a few people coming back because I did something creative that I'll get to later, but really, you know, our, our second thing we're covering here is how did COVID hit us? Mm. Um, and, and in Montana, we're different than the rest of the country in so many ways. But one thing that made us different here that was great about being in Montana is we didn't have the COVID cases the rest of the country's had. Yeah. Right. Very, I mean, yeah. Our, our worst day, I think, was like 22 new cases in the mm. state. And over the last week and a half, we've had three days with zero new cases, mm-hmm. right? So we're, we're opening earlier than the rest of the country. We're one of the first eight states to start a reopening process. Right. Um, but in, in your world, how was COVID affecting your clients? Because as you were talking about the, the marketing budget, right? right? Were people reining that in and saying, oh, Brad, we're going to hold off on that shoot? And That is exactly it. More specifically, um, clients that we'd book jobs, uh, you know, video shooting gigs, for example, in, in late February and the early part of March. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, those are generally front-loaded contracts, uh, probably because my turnaround times are very quick. I try to make sure that a client has a video within seven days of shooting. Mm. So uh, that created an issue because once stay-at-home measures came in place, the clients that I actually did have that had mm-hmm. paid, we couldn't shoot. Yeah. So now as we open up, the work that I'm doing, I'm very busy trying to catch up on the work that's already been paid. But again, that work has already been paid. I don't have any new funds coming mm-hmm. in. So, uh, and you know, as, as you know, and as anybody else that watches this knows that, you know, if you, you're spending your time on one thing, that means you're taking away time from another thing. Right. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and, you know, I start learning a little bit more about balance every dang day and that's okay too. Um, so that's really where I've seen the social flicks clients, um, impacted and then kind of switching gears slightly into now that we've reopened, what is, or, or are we covering that later? The, no, the, no, the reopen. Going. Yeah. I, uh, I love it. You know, my clients are now trying to figure out, okay, we're going to bring back some staff. Right. Mm -hmm. What does that look like? We need to get the word out there. You know, my brewery client says, uh, you know, we've had to restructure our entire tasting room, the way that we've set up our tables and the way we set up our chairs. We've got a different way of flow at the at the point of sale system. You know, all of those things that they have to figure out, but that the customers really need to find out. That's information that Mm -hmm. they're looking for. Right. So, you know, by the time this comes out, breweries have already been open for a while, but customers and potential customers are going to social media to make sure that a is their place open are those hours of of operation something that they can take advantage of what do i need do i need to wear a mask when i'm there um is there going to be some sort of extra sanitation measures taken that when i get there so it's it's going to be kind of a new norm for a while for a lot of my clients in that regard um but 
that also means bringing me back so that we can start getting these messages out the door. Mm -hmm. And because, you know, obviously uh, a brewery that goes from, you know, putting out several thousand dollars a day in beer through their tap rooms mm -hmm. is suddenly down to a couple hundred dollars a day if they're lucky. Yeah. Uh, this is a pivot that they definitely need. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so that's, that's just one example of, of how my clients are coming out of it. Yeah. Um, and, and we've seen a lot of the same thing. Uh, we, it's funny because this has affected our business in some areas to the positive and other areas very much to the negative, right? Mm -hmm. So one of the things I did first that I thought was so critical when we saw the shutdown coming because our office is involved a lot in the liquor and gaming world in Montana and we knew they were going to get shut down. Mm. We knew it was coming and because we watched the, the restaurant industries were getting shut down across the country. Sure. So we had to say, okay, what are we going to do to help? Mm. We have to find a way to start giving back. And so one of the things that I did is I first went to my team and I said, everybody, we need to put our thinking hats on. Mm. We have to change the way in which we do business. We know that because we know what's coming. We can see this. So I got everybody on the team involved in marketing. And so we started changing up our marketing strategy for us. A big part of that was actually just giving back more to our community. Mm. So I started doing things like educational uh, videos on Facebook right. and on LinkedIn. Uh, using my knowledge, not just in how to operate a business, but in the government programs that were coming out. I was spending till 10, 11 o'clock every night just reading everything I could about the lending programs, the EIDL, the, uh, the SBA's PPP program that the feds were funding. And then I would shoot a video about it and put it up on Facebook or LinkedIn. And, and I was doing it every day. Right. And when the loan programs went live the first night, uh, I had to shut my phone off at 10 o'clock at night hmm. just so I could get to bed. How about that? And that That's was awesome. when I started getting the flu. Ugh. Ugh. Now, none of what I was doing, I was billing anybody for. Right. But I was giving back, right? So all of a sudden as I'm giving and I'm giving somebody reaches out to me on Facebook and says, hey, love the videos, are you guys still open? Yeah, we're still open, you know. Mm -hmm. So I start a dialogue with this person. They're like, great, we need to come in and do our estate planning. I said, fantastic, love it, we'd be happy to help. That's awesome. So while I was giving my time and my knowledge for free over here, as a form of marketing, right, you know that eventually, if you do it right, it will justify itself because people will come buy from you. Right. And, and it's panned out. It's paid that way. Right. And so I just kept giving more videos, more videos. Did a Facebook Live last night that for me went awesome. Like I was blown away at how well it went uh, to end up with like 25 viewers on it, which doesn't mm -hmm. sound like a lot. But, but when in the first five minutes there was nobody on and just me talking to the camera and I was thinking 
well, this will be a short video. <laughs> sure. But it was all, you know, it was all about giving. Right. And, and so I've now picked up several new clients and several new business clients even mm -hmm. from giving, right? From helping people answer questions about the PPP loans or how to revamp their marketing, how to revamp their business. It's starting to come back. Uh, you know, I think we're fortunate in Montana that we're reopening as early as we are because we have so few cases. But um, it, it's that changing of the business that that has been so key. Getting the buy-in from my team about why changing our marketing is so important. Getting them to actively participate in it in a way that they never have. Right. Right. They, because lawyers don't like the word sale. <laughs> And they don't like marketing because they think marketing is the same as sales, right? Sure. And it's not. Marketing is not sales. Sales is a part of marketing, but sales is like the last piece of marketing. Right. There's all this stuff that should come before you ever get to trying to sell. Mm -hmm. And so it's like a dirty word to lawyers. They, they don't like to do it. Right. And, and in law school, we're never taught about it. We're never taught how to market in law school. We're not taught about business in law school. Yeah. So it's been a real eye-opener for me working with you in Social Flicks on our marketing and how we can do it better. Um, but, but before we get into marketing, I, I kind of want to go back and get back to when the first couple weeks of the shutdown. Right. Because a lot of times business owners don't talk about the psychology. No. And, and you and I hit our own different way, but we hit a wall, mm -hmm. right? And then we kind of beat ourselves up for it too, right? So mm -hmm. tell us about that. What was your wall? What happened? How did it affect your business? Yeah, uh, <laughs> you, you nailed it. Uh, hitting a wall is a great way to put it. So. Uh, I think for me personally, and, and from talking with some other, you know, business owner friends in my circle, yeah, uh, the scariness of the moment was hard to ignore, right? Mm -hmm. Like this is a situation where we're not used to things shutting down. My trigger was when the sports industry finally Right. Like yeah. up until that point, Joel, I was like, nah, it's not a big deal. Like this is everybody else's problem. Yeah. I've never seen anything shut down a sp all of sports. Mm -hmm. You know, I've seen lockouts. I know. Mm -hmm. what, thanks, NHL. I know what a lockout is. Thanks to you twice in my lifetime. Not a big deal. Um, <laughs> but this is different. Yeah. You know, at least during an NHL lockdown in 2012, I could go watch baseball or, you know, I, whatever. This was different. And I'm just watching on television of Buffalo Wild Wings in Bozeman, Montana, story after story, and they're just knocking down like dominoes. Yeah. Major League Soccer, Major League Baseball, National mm -hmm. Hockey League, NCAA, cancels March Madness. Those are things that I look forward to this time of year mm -hmm. because that's my signal that, oh, man, I'm going to, it's going to be a great summer. The weather's going to start changing. Suddenly, all the sports are gone, and I've never witnessed anything like that. And that's when it triggered mm -hmm. my fear. Mm -hmm. That festers over time. Yeah. And we talk about beating ourselves up, and I definitely did that. That first couple of weeks, and right after 
um, I got word that the governor was going to go live and, and issue stay-at-home mm -hmm. orders. Uh, I got right on the phone with my mom. She uh, is the executive director and president and founder of Liberty Place Incorporated. Uh, it's three living facilities, one in Bozeman and two in, in, uh, in Whitehall, and it's for people that have acquired traumatic brain injury. They can't live on their own. Mm -hmm. So I knew that was going to be a massive impact on mom and, and her nonprofit. So I jumped on the phone and I called her and she broke down. Um, and so the next couple days after that, it was still really hard for me to, to even figure this out. Uh, my clients had reached out and said, hey, we're not able to shoot. We need to push things back. Mm -hmm. um, I lost a contract at the time. I was negotiating a contract um, with a local business and they pulled their negotiations outright because they were sending people home to work yeah. from home. It was going to turn into a whole thing. So that two weeks, I went dark side. You know, when you yeah. hit that wall, I didn't know how to deal with it because I had no precedent to look back on in my life that could give me some sort of yeah. guidance. Um, so that's... It, it took a, a lot to, to get to get out of that. Mm -hmm. um, and then, of course, I am still beating myself up because of the time that I was like, oh, why wasn't I doing better? And, uh, and I think we'll get to this in a little bit later. But as you go back to work, maybe you've seen this already. You know, you're, you had a routine at work. Yeah. You had, a, you know, your day routine. It was all planned. And now all of that's been disrupted. Well, guess what? This gets disrupted when you go back to work. So mm -hmm. dang it, be patient with yourself when you get back to work. It is going to be different. You can't just pick up where you left mm -hmm. off. Show yourself some grace. And I'm saying that to you, Brad Oldhouse, <laughs> because you need to listen <laughs> to it. So, but that's what I found out of that, that, yeah. that weird fear, seclusion, trying to figure it out, and then eventually taking some action yeah. towards getting out of that mindset and and hopefully feeling better about it. How about you? Yeah. Uh, for me, it was funny because I, I did. I, when the governor issues the stay-at-home order, I'd, was, I, I drove back from Bozeman that night, and my clients are freaking out because counties had beat the governor to the punch, and they were shutting my oh. clients down. And... I drive back from Bozeman and I got this little bit of a cough and I think it's, I'm just saying to myself, oh, just a head cold. So then two days later, it develops into the flu. And so now I'm just run down and I'm feeling horrible uh, and, and I've got this horrible sounding cough. Now I'm starting to think, do I have COVID? Um, so I've got this stuff going in my head. And I remember it was that Sunday, I went and got tested. Um, and uh, if you want to understand how to not have good customer service, just watch our hospital here in Helena. Mm. Um, St. Pete's is terrible. I had to call them two days later to get my test results. They wouldn't call me and tell me, mm. which I was negative. But what I found myself doing is I was buying into the media hype. Mm. So every night I'm, I'm five o'clock, I'm going to the news. And I'm watching national news, and I, I don't watch national news that much. Like, it's pretty, pretty rare that I, I go do that. But I bought into the hype of everything that was going on, and it just locked me down. Mm. And I, I knew I had all this work to get done. I didn't have the energy because right. I was sick. And then I caught myself using what energy I had in the wrong way. Mm. 
So then I start beating myself up, doing the same thing, not giving myself the grace to go, you know what? Why don't you slow down a little bit? Slow down and use this time the right way. Don't use it the wrong way that's going to drag you further down, mm. right? So uh, I finally broke out of that funk after a week, and I, I, amazingly enough, I just got more sick, and I, I realized that I had to gain control of things because mm. I was really letting my, my illness drag me down, and, and I couldn't do anything about it physically, but mentally I could do a lot about it. And when I finally caught myself, I, I really did. I, went, I kind of beat myself self up for a while for it. And, but then I went, wait a second. Is this serving you what you're doing right now? No. Okay, so number one, you need to get a little more rest. So you're not going to push yourself that hard. And then I also said, I'm not getting better. I need to go to urgent care and... Uh, by the way, Urgent Care did a wonderful job. I know I'm giving St. Pete's a bunch of crap, but um, <laughs> their customer service might be terrible. But the, the folks at the Urgent Care were just awesome. It was empty. Mm. This is three weeks ago when we are in the height of right. the infections. Uh, the, the Urgent Care was literally empty other than staff. I was the only patient in there. And they had me in and out in 20 minutes. They had taken x-rays of my lungs, find out pneumonia. Hmm. So they give me the prescription. I get down to Safeway, boom, I'm home. And when I got through it, the crazy part was that's when I truly realized how sick I was. Hmm. I, I, you know, when you talk about beating yourself up, that was my hardest part was recognizing you aren't going to have the energy so spend what energy you have in the right way. Right. Right? And, and spending it in the wrong way, watching news and being gripped by that same fear you're talking about. And, and I was. I mean, I, holy cow, did I get, I got deep into my own head about what's going to happen to my business. And, and, mm. and you, I don't know about you, but I got paralyzed by it. And instead of word. stopping and saying, hey, this is an opportunity look for the opportunities, I, I just shut down. Mm -hmm. and, and that was totally the wrong thing to do, right? I mean, but I learned and I went, ah, let's change it. Right. And, and I said, okay, we got to get back in the right path. You've got to be a leader for your team. And, and our business was essential because we do estate planning, uh, all our business stuff we do, right? These were essential needs for the public, uh, especially, you know, that's one area our estate planning uh, really boomed because people became much more aware mm. of not having their estate plans done in case something happened to them. Um, but we had to revamp that. We had to start thinking like everybody else, how do we do it safely? Right. How right. do we sit down with clients in our offices safely? How do we, how do you sanitize a law office? I mean, you got a bunch of scummy lawyers. And, you and, take the lawyers yeah, out. Right? <laughs> exactly. But we all of a sudden had to start thinking about stuff we'd never thought of before. Right. Um, that was scary. It was scary as hell. And yet I still had to be a leader to my team so that I kept them in the right mindset 
so that we could function day in and day out. Right. Um, so it was, it was interesting, and, and, and I'm excited to hear what did you do then? Because we're, we're now reopening. You're, you're getting calls now for work. Mm -hmm. People are starting to realize there, there are some advantages to be, here, to be had here mm -hmm. in marketing, in, right, in, in, in advertising. Right. There are some real advantages right now. Um, while everybody else is acting like a turtle and hiding in their shell, the smart businesses are taking advantage of this opportunity. 100%. How is that happening for Social Flix? How are they taking advantage of your services and, and revamping marketing? Yeah, they're, uh, you know, just by sheer nature of their business changing on their own is forcing mm -hmm. that change in, in messaging mm -hmm. and, that, and how they get that messaging out and to whom and where. Um, you know, before all of this, it was a safe bet that um, maybe folks of a certain demographic were watching television, but maybe folks of other demographics maybe weren't watching television. So, you know, uh, I had a client that, um, you know, we just uh, wrapped up some work for them mm -hmm. uh, who mentioned that television advertising at this point is the cheapest he's ever seen, mm -hmm. um, which allowed them to take advantage of that situation that, um, you know, maybe we'll do a little bit less targeting mm -hmm. on social and, and get to television to get that yeah. certain demographic at least. So, um, you know, it's, it, first of all, it starts with educating yourself and it's really hard. And, and, and that's where I need to say thank you to you. Um, those videos that you've made throughout um, the stay at home measures, you know, as mm -hmm. the PPPs and the I, you know, EIDLs and all mm -hmm. of this information that comes out, Joel was an incredible resource in my newsfeed on my social channels just to catch up on, I know what the news is, but I don't know what it means for me. Mm -hmm. And you've, did a, you've done a really great job of explaining shit. I'll catch this oh. one. You've done a really good job of explaining in terms that business owners and managers could really understand. Mm -hmm. Taking that act in real time, by the way, taking what is happening with the funding and any other issues that are happening right now and telling business owners and managers how they can use this to their advantage. Mm -hmm. And that was a great resource for me. And, and I think that's a great example for people watching this right now. You know, uh, be a source of education. You know, number one, you're educating yourself in this. Educate your customers or educate your clients along the way and make those connections with them. Um, you know, when they, they trust you with that information, they somehow feel empowered and a little bit smarter and sit a little higher in their chair. Yeah. You know, that's definitely how I felt with it. So... Um, you know, just ways that you can bring this new message, your new hours, your new offerings, your new products, whatever it is, uh, getting it out uh, into different avenues that you probably mm -hmm. didn't necessarily think about before all the shutdown. And yeah. That's what I'm seeing. Yeah. You know, and, and it, it's been interesting. You, you kind of raised this earlier was uh, that the businesses I've seen that even if they had to shut down, the ones that I've watched that I think are going to come out on the other side better than anybody are the ones who got intentional with mm. their marketing. So I've had some clients, some restaurant clients, bar clients who use this time just to fix up their place. Right. right? 
but they didn't do any marketing. They huh. didn't they didn't put effort into getting to know their customers while they were shut down or mm. having their customers get to know them better. Right. So that was part of my impetus for, for doing some of the, the Facebook videos and was to also give back to say, look, folks, you need to be out marketing. You need to be sharing your story. And I had somebody say on social media, how am I supposed to do that when I'm closed? <laughs> mm. And I, it blew my mind, right? I was just, and I was like, are you kidding? This is now more important than ever to, to put the effort into marketing today so that when you reopen, people come in droves to your business because they want to support you based on a connection, mm. based on your why, not what you do, mm -hmm. right? And so one of the things we also started doing is when we would, uh, when we'd go order takeout, you know, for the oh, office, yeah. I would go shoot a video with them, mm -hmm. you know, support a local business, give back, not just financially, but I was like, hey, let me help you with marketing. Absolutely. Let's do a little video here. Um, so that was a lot of fun, but it was it was getting intentional doing things with purpose and doing it with repetition too right you you had we had to keep creating new content um and and keep keep giving mm -hmm. right I, I wasn't expecting anybody to give me anything back right it was how do i keep building a name right right by giving by helping people with the, the various loans by helping businesses tell their story a little bit just just by ordering pizza from a place and going and shooting a video with them. Right. Right. And, and yep. telling everybody, hey, this is a local business that has employees. Go buy from them. Even though they're shut down, uh, that from dining in doesn't mean they're shut down. They still have mounds to feed. So oh. by golly, you know, they're open. Um, I also think we started to have to change the way we actually do business in our company. So like our estate planning, uh, thank heavens it's spring here uh, and it's nice, but we've been doing will signings outside. Huh. So we can social distance mm -hmm. and we get everything laid out and we have a picnic table in our Bozeman office that is outside and so we go out there and sign out there. In Helena, we've got a big enough conference room. We can do will signings in here mm -hmm. and maintain social distancing. Right. Right? But that's been fun. We just did one the other day where uh, our clients were older, and they said, is it okay if we do it from our car? And we said, absolutely. So we had them drive up near the parking bench, near the, the mm -hmm. park bench, and... Uh, and so we did it there in their car. We were able to hand them documents through the window, walked through, explained everything, did the whole will signing. Mm. It, it was fantastic. But that made them feel special that we would go out of our way to do that. Absolutely. Um, we also did. Mm -hmm. We also did something that wasn't just how we operate. We've even changed some of our operations. What we provide as well. So. We said, we got to change marketing. We got to change the way we're operating 
but we also now have to operate with new lines of business. So one of the things we did is we went and spent the time, the effort to go do remote notarization. Mm. So this is a new thing in Montana and very few people are doing this. Okay. But we can now, and the reason we did it is we saw a need for some of our elderly clients mm -hmm. who didn't want to leave home because they're the ones most susceptible to health issues due to COVID. So we said, great, how can we serve them mm. better? So we said, Every, most everybody's got a smartphone, even our older clients. We can do remote notarization of their documents, of their will, powers of attorney. We don't have to go into their house. We don't have to hand them anything through the door. Huh. We can do it all electronically. That's awesome. And so that's been amazing to, to start to see some of our elderly clients uh, use that. That's and awesome. So that's really neat. And then, then we said, you know what else we're going to do? we're going to offer a new practice area. Um, and, and so we, we picked a couple of things we're doing. Number one, we're doing something called virtual in-house counsel mm. for our small to medium-sized business clients who have said, you know, Joel, uh, one of the problems we have with lawyers and hiring outside attorneys is you're billing us by the hour. We can't, we can't keep doing that because we don't know how to budget for it. Right. Right, And so we said, ah, why don't we start acting more like your in-house counsel would than an attorney outside? So we created a whole system for us to be able to, on a flat fee monthly basis, <laughs> to provide a service to them to act as if they had an in-house counsel. So they can just pick up the phone and call us, they can email us, and we've created a system that's very responsive to their needs. Uh, and then we're also going to be practicing bankruptcy. Ah. One of our attorneys said, well, Joel, wait a second. We know that I, I don't want to overhype anything, but you know, we know that people are going to really start having financial problems here coming mm. and those people are going to need help. How do we help them? There are going to be foreclosure issues, right? So those people need workouts or workarounds as they call them mm. to deal with property foreclosures on their homes. Now, it's not started yet, but we know that's coming, right? We know that by probably late August into September, we're gonna start to see the true financial effects of COVID. The government's pumped so much money in to the system and to people for May and June, but that money starts to run out. Mm -hmm. Businesses are gonna start shutting down or not reopening because they just can't hang on. We've already seen that. We've had several restaurant bar clients just shut their doors and just say, we can't do it. We can't partially reopen and make it. Right. Some of our restaurant clients have said, even when the partial reopen happens next Monday, they're not going to reopen. They'll still only do carry out because they know they would lose too much money. Right. Right. Because their restaurant isn't set up to handle something like that. Right a half shutdown and still be profitable. Um, so we've had to look at these new practice areas and say, well, what can we do? Right. And, and I, I, it's going back to that story of the, the person who said, I can't do anything. My business is shut down. <laughs> right. Sure. You can. You bet. You can, you can go shoot videos. 
You can market. You can look at maybe your this business is shut down, but nobody said you can't do another business. 100%. Right? You bet. And so that's what even we've had to look at is how do we pivot if things aren't going to pick back up. <clears throat> My, I, I love the saying that uh, a guy, Richard James, uh, who's a friend of mine and he's a business consultant for attorneys, he always says, your business is no different than my business. Right. Business is business, folks. You, you, you gotta find new ways to do things sometimes. And sometimes maybe that means that your business is dead and you need a new business. Right. Now, I, I mean, we're seeing <coughs> quite a bit of that here in Montana. I, I just got done with a, uh, well, I'll go ahead and name drop. Um, Coaster Cycles is a, is a company based out of Bonner, Montana, and they're located in that old sawmill area mm -hmm. of, of Bonner, right? Uh, so they've repurposed that area into all kinds of usable space for manufacturing for mm -hmm. today's businesses. Um, Coaster was faced uh, immediately with having to lay off their workforce of 20 some <clears throat> others and having to furlough most of their front office staff at that point. Um, the two of the, the two founders were basically like, what can we do? You know, how do we bring these, you know, and that's a hard day, man. Uh -oh. When you got to let somebody go, like I can say that from experience and I know that you can too. Uh -huh. Like it's a hard thing to do. And on that scale, I can't even imagine what that's like when you have mm -hmm. to, because it's no fault of your own, Yeah. right? This wasn't like some poor business planning. Mm -hmm. This was something completely out of their control. Yeah. So that's what made it even worse. So they had tried to figure things out and basically one of the founders was on LinkedIn and they found an open source face shield design. And he had an aha moment. He had a little bit of an epiphany. He said, well, we could do that. Mm -hmm. We already have foam suppliers. We already have plastic suppliers because of the bikes that we make. We already have elastic. We have all of the resources to make it happen. So they put together a couple on their kitchen table and decided they could make them. Mm -hmm. So the, the people that, to your point, going the long way here, sorry about that. If you make the, the people that say I can't, won't. The yes. people that say what can, do. And that was a what can moment, and that does happen all over the country. I mean, we've seen some sports people turn, you know, <clears throat> their equipment businesses into making PPE. You know, we yes. Formula One partners with Mercedes to not make faster engines, but to design a new CPAP machine that now takes the place of most respirators in major hospitals across Italy. And that's a design that's coming to the U.S. where wow. manufactured here in the U.S. by Americans. Mm -hmm. Those are, what can I, are people that get it done. Yeah. How can I, or I can't, they never will. So don't be that person, find a situation. You were creative enough to begin with to see a need in the market. Mm -hmm to create something to address that need many years ago or many months ago, however long it is that you've had your business, it's gonna take some work, but if the need is there and you can address it and make a new solution, go for it. That's how you pivot, right? Mm -hmm. All yeah. innovation is, is finding a new solution to an old problem. Yeah. Or in this case, I mean, I, I'm just gonna throw it out there. We're, we're in a totally new world. 
none of us really, I think, has truly come to grips with how economically crippling this is going to be, mm. right? And, and it's only really truly crippling if you let it do that to you, right. if you don't figure out how you need to do business in this new era, you bet. right? More millionaires were created in the Great Depression than in the 10 years prior to it because people learned where was the need and they went and gave it to them. That is our job as business people, right. is to figure out what is the need and how do we satisfy it. Absolutely. Well, and the same can be said for companies <clears throat> at the top of the Fortune 500 right now who made the pivot back in 2008, 2009. Yes. And have become companies and household names that we know of today. Yeah. So uh, this is that time. And one of the things that I find, I'm, I'm just going to, it irritates the crap out of me, is when people roll over. Mm. And I get it, though. I get it because you and I talked about the paralysis we hit. Mm. But in business, it, it's okay to give yourself the grace of a little period. But you got to get back to so it. So long as you put the, you got it. You, yeah. Right? You, you've got to. You've got to pull yourself up. You've got to say, that is not going to help me in the future. That is not going to serve me. That is not going to serve my clients or customers. And you've got to start rethinking the way in which you market. We have all been locked up at home. I mean, I'm fortunate because my business isn't, but my wife works for a nonprofit. She's been working from home. And we have to figure out a new way to market. Hmm. And I think we've forgotten the single most important thing about marketing, which is connecting with your customer or client, mm -hmm. right? And because we've forgotten what that is, we're letting companies like Amazon just kick our butts. We're letting other businesses kick our butts because we've forgotten why people come to us in the first place. Mm -hmm. They come to us because they're connected. And people right now are starving for connection because they're, they've been locked up in their homes for two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, and they want to connect. Social media, folks, if you aren't putting in max effort into social media for your business, you are missing out. Honestly, I will just, you gotta pull your head out of your butt and start. <laughs> getting after it on social media because I, I forget what the number is on viewership, but it, it there's been like a 25 plus percent increase in viewing on social media mm. because people are at home, they're bored. They keep turning to their phone. You gotta get there as a business owner. You gotta find a way to connect and social media is free. Right. People want that content. Mm -hmm. and, and one of the things I've been coaching so many of our restaurant businesses is tell your story, right? This is what you guys do at Social Flix. Right. You tell a story, right? Right. Um, story Branding, great book. If you haven't read it, please, as a business owner, you got to go read it. Um, the, the use of stories, it's how humans have evolved, right? You could go look at petroglyphs. That was a story. Right? You bet. 
That was the mm -hmm. first version of the written storytelling. Yeah. That's what video is now, right? People want video. And, and we have our phones, have the best cameras on the planet in our hands, and we don't use it. And I don't know why. Why, why do you think it is that we're not telling our story more, that we're not using our phones more? Ah, most people are scared. Yeah. Uh, so what I've seen, and, and this really speaks to the, the, the Phone Films University side, the PFU uh, for short, um, you know, it's our job to teach people how to break through that barrier of, frankly, excuses that we make mm -hmm. to ourselves. We are carrying around a piece of technology that is better than, with every iteration, better than any computer we can buy on the market. Mm -hmm better than any camera that we can buy on the market and the consumer realm at least. And these are incredibly powerful story-making machines. They're not yeah. storytelling machines, you're the storyteller. Yes. These are story-making machines and it's super easy to tell yourself, I'm not good enough, I don't look good on camera, I don't wanna be on camera, or the mm -hmm. myriad of excuses that we make to ourselves. But what we teach in Foam Films University in the very first lesson is this. Those excuses come from one thing, the mentality of I can't mm -hmm. and how to break past the I can't and learning how to get used to your, the camera on your phone. It does take getting used to. We also uh, had to get used to something called driving, right? We didn't know how to do that, but we figured it out. Yeah. Right. And that's what Foam Films University does and teaches us to get comfortable with this and not just creating. I think a lot of people, that's the second thing that holds them back is ah, I'm just not creative. Yeah. Well, guess what? You don't actually, you actually don't have to create. You can document. Yes. Right. It's as simple as taking myself and my cameras uh, on the across the table. But if I were to demonstrate it, I'd hold my phone up and I'd take a picture of Joel and I. And I'd use that on my social accounts that said, hey, new vlog coming soon. Great conversation about marketing and COVID in the future with Joel Silverman. That's easy content that I didn't create. I just documented in the moment. Yeah. And learning how to document a long time, you documented mm -hmm. the process of taking real-time information from government loans and things that are happening up at the Capitol and showing business owners what that means to them in real time. Yeah. You didn't have to create it. You just documented it. That was your documentation and you were the guy and now you're the expert and now you're the trusted leader. Yeah. And it happened, well, we feel like it was like that, yeah. but I mean, it, it does take some time and, yeah. that's, and that's the third and last thing that I think keeps people away from actually starting is, well, I don't have the audience. You're never going to have the mm -hmm. audience with that mentality. Yeah you have to build it one by one. And I know that there's influencers out there with hundreds of thousands of followers. You don't need to aim for that. Mm -hmm. One person can bring you just as much value as it actually can probably bring you more value than 100,000. But yeah. you know, in terms of, of that real one-to-one -one connection, but just start. One person's better than none. 25 yes. people on your live stream yesterday was better than none only two <laughs> weeks ago, right? Yeah. You know, and, and by the time this thing airs, maybe your live streams are hitting 100. Yeah. Which is still a really great number, especially oh, to somebody like me who goes live and maybe one person shows up. So, but I made those excuses. So mm -hmm. those are the three things that really keep people from diving into those things. What is a creative way that 
somebody can tell their story in their business that is not being done right now or that you can think of? Do you have any um, anecdotes or any, any advice on how to tell their story better? Uh, it, it comes back to what reason number two was uh, in mm -hmm. what we just talked about and really kind of being a deeper dive into point number two, which was learning how to document rather than create. Yeah. So the day-to-day -day process inside your business is dull and boring as hell mm -hmm. to you, but to the people that are eventually going to reach out to you for that product or for that mm -hmm. service are going to learn to appreciate not just what they are buying, mm -hmm. but who they're buying it from. Yes. Because they're starting to build that no like and trust factor with every piece that you put out. You might think it's mundane. I don't care if you're an engineer and you sit behind your, your MCAT or whatever it is and you're drawing things <laughs> out and you've done it daily and it's so boring and engineering is not sexy. Um, you turning on your phone and just documenting really quick about, look at how cool this thing is going to turn out. I'm excited to see how this is. Guess what? Now that I'm hooked... Yeah. Now I've seen you go through your process and I need closure in my life. I want to see your project to the end. Yes. And now if you're consistently documenting your process, no matter how boring or unsexy you think it is, yeah. to the person that you're trying to attract and do business with, it's gold to them. Yeah. And it builds that trust so that, you know what? That project that you guys did for so-and-so that you, know, you guys documented over the past couple of weeks, I need you guys to do that for me. Yeah. And that's... That's really where the gold happens. You know, and the, the one example I was thinking of is, because uh, you and I have talked about this, is don't be afraid to let people into your life. Mm. And, and I'm not saying you have to have a camera like the frickin' Kardashians right. or something, right? right? But in your business, you have a team of people, right? If you're a restaurant, People want to be connected right now, right? They in in one way to connect with them is why not let people know who your team is? Absolutely. Why not say, hey, here's our waitress Sally, and she has three kids and a husband, and you know, her kids are this age, and you can do a quick little video of the kids and her husband, and then you have Sally say something about her family. And, you know, where is she from? And why does she love where she's at? And people will now look at your business differently because they're now connected to your business. You bet. They're connected to the people in your business. And it amazes me how many people won't do that. They, and, and, and I think it goes to your first point, which is the psychology is, I'm not good enough. Mm. I'm not good looking enough to be on a camera or on a video. I don't talk well enough. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. And yet they're failing to connect with the customer. And, and Amazon figured this out early on. It's why Amazon, when they first started and they were selling books, they did book reviews mm. That's by the right. readers, not by some professional. Right. And that connected with their audience. They wanted reviews from their audience. And that created a connection for Amazon with their customers. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And then we, we know how that worked out. Yeah. Right? And I, 
to that point there, Joel, I think that we're, if we can make a slight shift in our mindsets that I might not be the best looking guy in the world, uh, I might not be very well spoken, these are actually things that if you lean into, create that connection and authenticity yeah. to your audience much faster than somebody who is prim, polished, and precise. Yeah. Now, there is a time and a place for prim, polished, and precise. Yeah. I get it. But when you're trying to build with your audience and trying to connect with people and be human, mm -hmm. lean into what you got, right? Like I'm, yeah. I, uh, you know, I, I might, I constantly say on my Instagram stories about this goofy ginger doing this, that, and the third. But, uh, you know, <laughs> that's just something that, you know, A, it's not something I can necessarily change, but B, it's something that I can, you know, use to disarm myself yeah. to at least turn the camera on. And people do appreciate it when they can identify with somebody better mm -hmm. when they're trying to have a conversation later if they know that they don't speak well right away all the time or... You know, don't don't worry about any of that stuff. Use that to your advantage. Mm -hmm. And well, in in to further bring that point home, it's authentic. Hundred percent, right? No, people people don't want the on social media. They don't want the total professional, right? High quality this and that. They want to feel a connection. They want to feel authenticity, and it's so easy to be authentic with your own camera. Absolutely. Right? Your own phone. Um, and, and it just amazes me that, that we aren't taking more advantage of that. Um, you know, I know uh, we do lots of work with social flicks and and you guys do such a wonderful job for us. We, we had a great uh, brainstorming session this afternoon, Brad and I did, on, on pivoting our marketing. And it, it's awesome that we can do that. Uh, how how uh, how do I ask this question is the reality. <laughs> sure. Uh, if, if I'm somebody who doesn't have a lot of knowledge to marketing, how can I get better at it? I, I love this question, Joel, because uh, I think it if it's a question that, A, you're willing to ask, then that must mean you're the type of person that is going to put in a little bit more effort than others mm -hmm. to try to find something new. Yeah. Right? So... Uh, along those lines, uh, first recognize that you're not going to be an expert right away mm -hmm. and to give yourself a grace period of learning. Yeah. Uh, you know, an old hockey coaching adage that I've always told my, my hockey kids uh, is to get comfortable with being uncomfortable for a while, right? You're going to learn a new system. You're going to learn some new fundamentals. It's going to feel awkward. It's going to mm -hmm. feel weird. But... Get comfortable with that. That's the number one. In terms of resources, if somebody really wants to get uh, learned up on social media, having knowing nothing, if you don't, you know, if you don't know much about social media marketing itself, if you've never dived in, dove into it, you need to look at a resource called Social Media Examiner. And uh, social media marketing is. It's, it's such a necessity, but what socialmediaexaminer.com has done is they've created a podcast. So there's audio-only content for you to listen to industry experts. Uh, they have written blogs if you're more of a reader. Um, but not only do they bring resources and experts in how to do certain things on certain platforms, but you can learn new tactics as they come along. Because as we know, social media changes constantly. Yeah. Algorithms 
change constantly. And I know I've just said a couple terms that might not be familiar to you, and that's okay. The best resource to start, in my, in my opinion, is social media marketing, uh, social media examiner. Um, that's a great place to at least start. If you got questions about LinkedIn, you're new to LinkedIn, you got some great articles there. Um, Snapchat, uh, TikTok, things like that. I mean, all these platforms. So that's a great resource for anybody that's trying to get into it. If you're somebody like me that's gotten uh, a few years of <laughs> a few years of crust on the top, uh, where you've you know you've found some tactics that have worked, and now you're kind of in a space where you're not exactly sure what is going uh, to be next, uh, I would look at something called Social Fresh. Now, what Social Fresh is. It's probably, no, it's not probably, it is the best social media conference out there. I mean, you think about conferences and, and things that are specific to our, you know, you go to a attorney conference, I'd imagine, right? Uh, there's people that go to other um, specifically uh, related conferences. But, but social media marketing and conferences go, Social Media Examiner has mm -hmm. one every spring. That's a really great one. But Social Fresh really takes the industry standard, people that are working with the names, right? The Amazons, the Apples, the pro mm -hmm. sports teams, you know, the people that their only job is 100% social media and content creation. Yeah. So Social Fresh, you can't go to the actual conference this year, but if you go to socialfresh.com, they have an enormous amount of resources to take you from intermediate to pro in a very short amount of time. Mm -hmm. So those are two resources that if they're looking for social media that could meet people in, in one of those two areas that they might live yeah. right now. Awesome. And what is something creative mm. that you've, you've come up with or you learned from somebody else recently? Because I want to share one too. But sure. I What's a, what's a really cool creative idea in marketing that you've heard recently? Oh, man. You know, uh, contests have always been good. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's good to see that contests are still just as viable of a yes. campaign as ever. Um, I, seeing it become more localized has been a shift. How so? Uh, you know... We're, we're talking more about spending more money here locally, you know, supporting local businesses, getting the economy up. Uh, Montana Radio just launched a campaign that I'm happy to be proud of called the 50 by 5 Challenge, where we are asking the public to go out and spend $50 by the 5th of May uh, or the 5th of June, 5th of July, you know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But basically, if half of Helena uh, is able to go out and spend just $50 by the 5th, that's a $1.5 million influx into our local economy. So wow. that's a that's kind of taking the contest model and mm -hmm. really kind of ramping up. And what we're seeing are all kinds of businesses getting involved on their own and giving their own gift cards away or mm -hmm. collaborating with other businesses and trading gift cards and giving them to people. So um, it's just really a great effort to see that contests on steroids yes. kind of thing, you know, that, which has been different <clears throat> since before COVID. But, um, you know, I, I still, I, I love that you know, you can make a piece of content like, you know, let's take your live stream last night, for example. Yeah. I bet if you watch that, you'll find a good five or six main things that you just really mm -hmm. love. If you're able to take your phone and edit those down and extract those 15, 20 second mm -hmm. snippets and put them out on your Instagram stories or your Facebook uh, stories uh, or LinkedIn even, 
You've got a little bit of pizza teaser content that you've already created. It doesn't take any extra effort because you already mm -hmm. made it. Um, it's just repurposing. And I think there's more importance now on repurposing than yeah. anything. Inside of repurposing is all of that creativity, mm -hmm. right? When you, when you, if you think of anything in your garage where you've, like you've needed a certain tool and you couldn't find that tool, so you kind of had to make one up and be innovative yeah. in the moment. I mean, who hasn't been there before? It's the same process, yeah. right? If you're trying to do something different, uh, just look at these tools and, and, and come up with something. The nice part is the only wrong answer is doing nothing. That's a fact. Right? The Boy. only wrong answer is doing nothing. So if you know that you making one video, it might have sucked, but one is better than zero. 100%. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I, I did an update. I hadn't done an update in like a week when I was sick. And like, I was like, I feel awful. Mm. And I was just like, I've got to, I've got to do an update. Right. Like I haven't put anything out in a week. And so I threw on my Silverman Law Office hoodie. <laughs> I remember that one. It was a weekend and I was just like, hey everybody, I'm sorry. I sound horrible. I feel like crap. It was more like, hey everybody, it's Joseph, I sound like crap. It was, oh, it was <laughs> yeah. terrible. Oh, but it was, Wait, but yeah. what did it do for you? I got so many comments. Right? Joel, thanks for putting this effort in. I mean, you I couldn't believe how many comments I got just by, by doing it, right? right? Um, but it, it, was, it was hysterical. You know, you, you stole my thunder with the contest. Sorry. Um, but but I'm going I'm to take it a, a step further. Uh, when I was doing the Facebook Live last night on marketing, uh, one of the, the people who was present on it, uh, Trevor Johnson from Kits Tackle here in Helena, he brought up contests. He said, Joel, you got to mention contests. Because what he does is he will say with Facebook, so this is, this is anybody can do this. This is so simple. All the people had to do was like it and share it mm -hmm. to enter. So click, click. Well, it was easy. two, three pushes of a button, mm -hmm. right? And they were entered. And then he does the drawing and gives away a little gift, right? Mm -hmm. And he, he, he said, Joel, I do one of these, I think Trevor said every week. Okay. But he generates a ridiculous ROI, return on investment, mm -hmm. from this one contest oh, sure. that he does all the time. And it's because people are just giving him more eyeballs. And that's what it's all about in social media is, well, two things. Number of views and interaction. So I didn't realize that with the algorithm that that's the way it worked, right? My brain knew that if I post something, it wasn't going out to everybody. Right. But I didn't realize that when it gets shared like that, that the algorithm kind of has its own scoring, if you will, and boosts its reach. Correct. Yeah. And, and when you do that, so if, if it boosts the reach for that post, will it also then your next post also be boosted because it sees that so many people saw your content? Right. So there's a little bit of a balance there. So, uh, and it comes in terms of posting and, and 
the, one of the older strategies that is still playing out right now is not to post to your Facebook page more than once a day. Gotcha. Because the algorithm is trying to decide between two or more pieces of content that you've put out on a single day yeah. and which audience members are gonna get which content. So ah. you can, you can mm. na naturally boost your own results by just posting just once a day. Okay. And uh, you know, also if that interaction comes in, does it affect the next post? The answer is yes and you only get one shot. So what that means is if you had 100 people watching your live stream last mm -hmm. night and you had 100 interactions, you know, a combination of likes, comments, and a, and a few shares, you mm -hmm. signaled to the algorithm that that was content people wanted, so they started sharing your live feed out to more and more people yeah. who would most likely interact that with you. And that's a real thing because that is the exact ad product that makes Facebook money. People pay money to Facebook to deliver ads. Yes. The only way those ads are effective and for Facebook to keep getting paid from their advertisers is to make mm -hmm. sure that those ads are hitting people where they paid them to go. The same yeah. thing works in the organic world, the unpaid world, right? The everyday mm -hmm. you and I world. Your content, if it's meaningful by nature, is going to be distributed to more people and you've got one chance after that to keep that audience. So if you're sending something out after that the next day that isn't quite as engaging, you're not going to hit those numbers as well. Ah. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. Because if we're trying to provide value to our audience, value, yeah. value, 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 we want to be able to throw that right hook, as Gary Vaynerchuk would say, and, and land the sale eventually, mm -hmm. right? So just take that initial engagement that you're getting, and, and all the experts say the same thing, and I say experts loosely because nobody knows everything about anything. Yeah. But Inside of that post that's doing so well for you, the one that's getting all the likes, all the comments, all the shares, the next step that you do is you go inside that post into the comment section and you start replying to every single comment as your page. Every single comment, whether it's a good comment or a bad comment, it doesn't matter. Respond to every single one. A, that doubles the amount of comments counted in the algorithm. So you've already oh. built your own it doesn't work if you're the only one commenting on your stuff. Yeah. Just so you know, you have to be interacting with incoming comments. Yeah. So you've already doubled your comments, you're gamifying the situation, and you're signaling to the algorithm that they can serve that post to more people for days after it posted. Yeah. How many of you have seen a post four days ago, or this was a post from four days ago? Mm -hmm. Next time you see that, look at how many comments, likes, and shares that that in, you know, the interaction of that post has. You're yeah. seeing it four or five days later because Facebook thinks that that's exactly the content that you wanted to see, but you missed yeah. it. So that's where the, the, this, all of this becomes nerdy and crazy, but that's why I said earlier, the only wrong way to do it is to not do it at all. Yeah. So yeah, those, those are some easy tips that you can take right now and, and free. Is it gonna take time? Yeah. Yeah. Is it going to be a pain in the butt to go through all your comments? And let's not let's not kid ourselves. Most of us aren't super fancy in getting hundreds of comments yet. Yeah. But the five or six people that took time out of their day to watch your content and comment on it, you need to treat them as if the best customers on the planet have just reached out to you. And you give them gratitude by giving the time back in reciprocation. Yes. I love that. That is... 
you, you came up with so much value in the last five, ten minutes of this video that the rest of it's a piece of crap. <laughs> I mean, Let's, honestly, folks, it, that <laughs> is amazing to me. Yeah. Like, holy cow. Well, um, and we said this earlier, and I, th I think I said this when I switched the cameras, that uh, me saying that right now, this is stuff I take for granted. Yeah. You know, and that's, this is a great example of if you have a certain specific mm -hmm. knowledge, a certain specific skill set that you're taking for granted. Yes. Maybe not everybody knows what you know, so maybe putting something out there might feel weird to you, but it's going to be valuable to somebody. 100%. Yeah. Well, Brad, I think we've, uh, we, we, we probably ought to wrap it up here. Okay. Yeah, right? we, could, we could go for um, a few more hours we, at least. We easily could, <laughs> um, which means we probably ought to do these more often than we have been. I think so, definitely. Um, so what are, what are some parting thoughts that you've got about the COVID, the, the way it's affecting business, the way it's affecting yours or other people's that, or, or a final parting thought on how somebody can, can be more deliberate or effective in their marketing? Yeah, man, I would say number one, um, my, my one parting words would kind of be something a little bit geared towards the future and that future is that this isn't going to last forever. There's going mm -hmm. to be new norms that we're going to have to get used to. Um, you know, we may have to be wearing masks around for a while. That might get awkward. I understand things aren't going to be the way they were than when we came mm -hmm. into this. But uh, I am going to quote um, Clinton Gerst from um, Bank of Bozeman, yes. who said that it's going to come back. Yeah. Right? We have the infrastructure in place. It's all there. It will come back. Is it going to take hard work by all of us? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. It's going to take a massive amount of patience as well. Yes. Because we've been so used to getting everything now, right? So now this is that time that we can take advantage of, at least on a personal level, and learn our patience mm -hmm. because we're going to need that coming forward. Yes. So that would be my parting thoughts is be, be patient. Know that it's coming, put in the work, and you'll be that much further ahead than people who won't put in the work. Yeah. Um, I, I, ah, God, how, that, I'm just trying to take some thoughts and, and condense them down here as a, you know, parting thoughts because um, there's so much, but I like the word deliberate. Mm. I can't tell you how many times... Uh, and matter of fact, you and I were having this conversation the other day because when you've got multiple businesses, multiple lines, it, it's real easy to put all your energy in one basket and forget about the other baskets. Mm -hmm. And if you aren't deliberate with your time and you ignore other baskets, you get screwed, right? And marketing is one of the key baskets for every business and you have to work on your marketing every day. And that's part of being deliberate. You know, when I, when I first started my law firm, and, and I'm not saying this to brag, I'm saying this because I want people to understand that this system works in marketing, but I started eight years ago now, and as of June 1st will be eight years. And when we started in 2012, it was just me in an office that was smaller than this conference room we're in. And 
I have built this now to 16 team members. Um, we have grown every year, but it's because I was deliberate about the way in which we marketed from day one. Mm. Every day I work on marketing, something, right? Um, it doesn't matter if it's a letter, a phone call. I am deliberately working on marketing for a reason because I don't know when that next client's gonna come in the door, that next person to buy, but I'm working every day to get that next person in the door mm. in some way, right? So I, that's why I love what you said at the end, these pieces about contests and replying to comments and getting people to share how that, imp that literally just blew my mind. Right, and I, and I couldn't write fast enough. <laughs> and, and, and it's because that is pure gold, right? That tells me some holes that I have in my game that we need to step up in our world. Me too. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so it's like, wow. But it's easy stuff. Right? Yeah. I, and, and if I were gonna give a second little snippet, Stop mind effing yourself. Mm. Stop being the downer, the doubter, right? Just go do. Uh, the, again, and this, this business friend of mine, uh, Rich, Richard James, uh, he loves to say action kills fear. <laughs> Take action. The, the unknown is the boogeyman. Um, and, and that's what got me when I got down and down on myself. But when you start taking action, you, you do that first social media post, you do that first little video, that's what gets you started, right? That gets you off the starting line and moving, gets you momentum. Um, deliberate and take action, get moving now. Uh, now is the time that when the economy and, and I'm constantly reading business and finance articles, um, trying to find new ways to do business. But the action you take now isn't going to pay off tomorrow or right. the next day or a week from now. You've got to be thinking a long game and looking at this, what's going to happen in six months, a year. We haven't seen the end of the financial downturn, 30 million unemployed. It's going to get worse. We know that. We know it's going to really start hitting in the end of August and September and October because people aren't going to be flying. Hmm. People aren't going to be doing the things they used to do. And in this new world, you got to get deliberate. If you aren't deliberate, you're not going to do, right? Put that plan together. Even if you're just laying out your day so that the first hour, I mean, this is literally what I did. Right. And I did this for my first three years before I hired someone to start taking over some of my, uh, my marketing stuff, um, the first hour of every day was just marketing. Every that's day. That's awesome. When we bring on a new lawyer, that's the first hour of their day. <laughs> every day is marketing. They don't get to do legal work until after they've done their one hour of marketing. How about that? That's a great idea. And it's because we know in our system, it's how it works and it works best. It's how we've been able to build as fast as we've built. Wow. So 
get after it, right? Mm -hmm. Folks, it, it's the work you put in now when it pays its dividends in August and September when other businesses are going out, you'll know why you aren't. Absolutely. Right? Um, we, we, A, I want to say thank you, everybody, for spending your time with us. Uh, Brad and I take this very seriously, as you can tell. Um, we take the fact that you would spend your time with us very seriously. We, we really try and bring more value um, every time we do these. Every time we sit down with somebody like Clinton, um, like Jeff, mm. um, my gosh, uh, we've been getting lots of great feedback on the interview from uh, uh, Jim Toth. Mm. Uh, even my, my own father commented to me on it. I was mm. like, whoa, my pops watched one. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. And so if you have suggestions for us, let us know. We want to hear. Um, we want to make these better and we want to keep bringing value. So uh, don't hesitate to reach out to us, folks. Uh, I, I, I love doing this. I love yeah. giving back. That's We're just trying to help people do business better. And right now could, can be scary, but take that action. Um, folks, uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, this is the Montana Business Vlog. I want to thank Brad, my, my main man, Brad Oldhouse, and Social Flicks. RC3 Consulting, Silverman Law Office. Um, it's just awesome to have you here, folks. Uh, I'm Joel Silverman. I, I, I can't thank you enough. And, and please, you know, get after it. Get deliberate. Make marketing a priority, and you will, your business will come out the other side. So uh, wish everybody a safe one out there. Be safe as we start to reopen, and, and let's keep America moving. Amen, brother. Yeah. Take care. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. <laughs>